Well, uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, glad you've joined us uh, today in worship. It is good to be back. Uh, I only had two weeks holiday, but when you realise, it becomes three weeks by the time I come back. So I was trying to see if I could remember people. Thankfully, my mind has not gone yet. And, I, and it was great to be together and watch people come, bring their children and come to worship. You know, uh, the theme today is Captivated by God's Purposes. Next week, we start the launch series, Captivated by Christ. But today, we're focusing on God's purposes. Let me say, I love God's church. Because the church is more than a building, an organization, a person, or a Sunday. The church is a group of missionaries, a family of believers, the body of Christ. A population of diverse individuals who come together united by a common faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, the ministries, the services, the programs of our church rely on the body of Christ. That's each one of us. Individual people working as one for the common good and the glory of God. And we remember today that church is not a spectator sport. We all have a part to play. We're on a team. We're not spectators. We are men and women who are captivated by God, his beauty, his love, his message, and his purposes for us in this world. And we want to make a difference. Our vision at Nawi Baptist Church is to see lives transformed through Jesus Christ to the glory of God. And today we'll focus on the five biblical purposes that define and drive our ministries here at Nawi Baptist. Firstly, magnification. You heard that from Robin. Sadly, I'd love to have some um, M&Ms here to, to eat as I speak, but no such illustration. But we exist, our purpose statement says, we exist to magnify God. To magnify means to glorify, to lift up, to exalt our God. King David writes, I will praise the name of God with a song, and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. And it is a mark of all true Christians, all true children of God, that have this longing to magnify, to glorify, to exalt the God of their salvation. Is that you? Do you love singing praises to God? Is there deep joy in your heart when you think of Christ, when you think of gathering with him? his people, when you think of the cross, when you think of the resurrection, when you think of the life to come, when you think of forgiveness, when you think of reconciliation, is there joy in your heart because of what God has brought to you? Is there a passion to lift him up? Psalm 40 says this, may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. Great to have a bunch of people around the places, in the shopping centers, in the workplaces, just can't help themselves help themselves to say, God is so good. God is so great. How was your week? Oh, it's amazing what God did. We speak the wonderful words of praises to your God. Psalm 34, O oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Friends, that is the cry, heart cry for every Old Testament saint, every Old Testament believer. Now it is the longing of every true Christian. But we know it's not simply about singing and praising, don't we? The Bible says 1 Corinthians 10, 31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. We do everything that God is magnified, God is glorified, God is honored, God is exalted. Paul thinks about his life and his death in Philippians 1. He says, it is my eager expectation and hope that I shall not at all be ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be magnified in my body 
whether by life or by death. He was close to death. Whether by life or by death, he wants Christ to be magnified, lifted up. He wants to live and die in such a way that people see how glorious and powerful and loving and merciful God is. Are you living in such a way that people look at you and then appointed to your great God, a God of salvation. That others will see and understand the cross of Christ. Others will see something in you, how you speak, how you live, how you spend, how you holiday. It brings glory to God. Friends, at this church we want people to say, not what a great preacher you are, or what a great singer you are, or what a great pastoral carer you are, but rather what a great saviour you serve. We deflect all glory, all honour to God. Friends, I've seen believers on their deathbeds bringing glory and honour to God, witnessing, loving, praying, serving. I remember one believer asked me when I went to visit him near the end of his life. He said, I only have a short time left, Ange. I only have a short time left. I want to be better at witnessing and pointing people to Jesus. Can you tell me how I can do that? You imagine with cancer in your final moments of your life saying, I want to do more to bring glory to Jesus. Our primary purpose as a church is to magnify God, to bring glory to God. But how do we do that? That leads us to the next four purposes, and I'll deal with the first one briefly. It's membership by bringing people to Jesus and membership in his family. We believe that Jesus lived a perfect life. We believe that Jesus died for our sins. Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, and Jesus ascended into heaven. He is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords and he is building his church, a community of people who trust in him. He said, I'll build my church and the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. God is doing his work from heaven right now. Friends, in Acts chapter 2, Peter preached the gospel after the Holy Spirit was poured out. Imagine being on there on the day of Pentecost. Holy Spirit comes in a powerful way. You preach, Peter preached, 3,000 become Christians and 3,000 are baptised. What happens to them? They were added to their number that day, Acts 2.41. When people became Christians, they got added to the believers. They got added to the church. They got added to the body of Christ. Let me be very clear here. Christianity is not about a solitary Christianity. You cannot say, well, as some say, well, I have Jesus in my Bible, that's enough. Let me say a category, it's not enough. Because when you are saved by Jesus, he brings you into the body of Christ. And that body of Christ works powerfully together. We come into the membership of his family. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This is Acts 2.42. To the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Look at what they did. They were in the word. They were in community and fellowship, caring for one another. They were breaking the bread, probably a, a link to communion. They were praying. As a result of doing these things together... Everyone was filled with awe and amazement at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. God was powerfully at work in that place. All the believers were together. They didn't want to be isolated Christians. They were together and had everything in common. They even sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. See, they looked around the church and said, where are the needs? How can we help? How can we make a difference? Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Because they were Jews, right? And then non-Jews coming to faith. They broke bread in their homes see, and ate together with gladness to see hearts. So not only are they gathering in the church, they're gathering in their homes. They're eating together. They're studying together. 
They're celebrating together, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. They're praising, they're magnifying God. They can't help themselves. God is doing a miraculous thing amongst them, this new thing, building his church. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. There's a church blooper that goes like this. Don't let worry kill you, let the church help. Sadly, the church has not always lived up to what it's, to its calling. Sometimes the church, we have failed people, I have failed people. Sometimes as hard as we try, we don't always get things right. And sometimes terrible things happen in the church. God has called us, though, to an authentic faith in Christ, an authentic community, where we live in loving community, where we love and welcome the new person, where we share Christ's love, where we teach the word of God to each other, we pray for each other, we serve one another, we grieve together at our losses, we rejoice together at our wins, and we learn from each other. And friends, home groups are key for this in a large church, where we pray together, we study the Bible together, support one another, we inspire each other to ministry and mission. This is a reasonably large church through our various congregations. And that's why it's important to be in a smaller group of people where we can do life together, learn together, support one another. In my years over, in home groups over many years now, some of the extra things that we've done, for example, is that we have supported each other after the loss of family members. We've, we've grieved together. We've been at the funerals together. We've been at weddings together. We cook meals for each other after accidents, celebrated birthdays together, wept over rebellious children, prayed for each other during financial hardships, celebrated our children's baptisms, studied the word together. Friends, it's in those small groups that you start to develop even a greater sense of membership in God's church and then, and then in one sense be released in the wider church for greater ministry. We are not a social club. We don't just hang out with people who are just like us. The church of Christ, I look around here, is made up of a variety of individuals, of talents and gifts and backgrounds and experiences. And God says, I'm going to put you all together, learn to love one another. That's it. You can't just, oh, I just want to hang out with these people. No, God says, I'm going to put all the different types of people, young and old. You're my church. You're my people. My spirit is there. You are members of my family. Do life together. Be captivated by God's purposes. Magnify him. Be an active member of his church. Our musicians are going to lead us through a, a new song that we're going to learn today called A Thousand Hallelujahs. That is the only response we ought to have to our great God. I'm going to speak briefly uh, about maturity, so I dyed my hair just for this morning, and then I'm going to pray. Maturity is a word that speaks about a process, something of something coming to completion. It can be applied to a term deposit, maturing and coming to an end, or of cheese and wine maturing and producing a fuller and richer taste or a young person's body maturing as they become an adult. Or maturity can refer to a person in their senior years who display grace and wisdom as they age. Maturity is about growth and development. 
And the church's purpose is to lead people to Christ-like maturity so that their lives are developing and growing to reflect Christ. And the result of maturity is that people are equipped for ministry and mission. A mature orange tree will produce oranges. That's what it does. But the farmer's purpose is not only to have orange trees producing fruit, but fruit that will be harvested and sold. It would be terrible if an orange tree produced fruit, but the fruit fell to the ground and was of no use. Maturity is not about stagnation, but ongoing growth. Paul, in the letter we're going to look at over the next few months, Colossians, wrote and outlined his purpose in chapter 1, verse 28. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Maturity comes as God's word lives and abides in us. We are made complete through Christ's death by which we are presented to God as holy, without blemish and free from accusation. However, it is conditional. Paul said, if we continue in the faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, we grow and mature as we continue to allow the, the scriptures to be invested in our lives, take root, producing fruit that reflects Christ. Shortly after, shortly after those verses, Paul says in chapter 2, verse 6, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Just as a farmer has a purpose for oranges, so mature Christians have a purpose, that their lives will be rooted and built up in Christ, strengthened in the gospel, and overflow with thankfulness. Maturity does not just happen. Rather, Paul is confident that the gospel that saves people will also mature people. So it's the church's role to, to provide opportunities for people to hear, read, learn and live out the teaching of the Bible and be encouraged to grow. But it is also each person's responsibility to allow God's word to take root in their lives. This happens in home groups as the Bible is read and studied. It happens in church, in NBC Kids and youth groups as we sing, pray, hear the Bible read, explained and applied. It happens at home with personal Bible reading and informally as people meet together. And yet, the reality is that people can read the Bible or be in home groups and still not mature. Ultimately, it is God who brings growth and maturity. So prayer is an indispensable resource. Maturity comes as people pray and desire that God's word would grow them. 
So towards the end of the book of Colossians, we read of a man called Epaphras, of whom Paul writes in chapter 4 and verse 12, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I'm going to pray. You are the eternal God, Father, Son and Spirit, who created this world and every universe. It is to you that we belong. Your scriptures reveal your goodness and encourage us to come in worship, thanksgiving and praise. We thank you for the Lord Jesus and your Holy Spirit who enable us to know and join with the angels in your magnification as the one true God who is set apart from all you've created. We thank you. It is through your gospel that you call us to be your ambassadors who point others to your reality and beauty. We desire that all our ministries will magnify you so we know more of your greatness and are driven by a desire for our neighbours and community to know you also. We want to be continually in awe of your love and grace and that incomprehensively sent your son into the world who rejected its creator. You did this to redeem and call a people to yourself. Through your son, our Lord Jesus' death and being raised again to life, so that all who trust are adopted into membership of your family with Christ as our head. We thank you for this church, the local expression of Christ's body in which you make us one in him. And as members of your body in this local church, we pray for those with health and mental health and family concerns, especially for the Russell, Garlic, Chen, Melor, Kennedy and Glenaxis families, along with the Greers and for your Mananas. Having been included and brought into fellowship and partnership with Christ and with one another, we ask that you empower us by faith to continue your work of growing, maturing and making us more like the Lord Jesus, both individually and corporately. We affirm only your spirit opens hearts to see our need of Christ as the true rescuer and so we also desire your spirit to continue his role in growing us to display the likeness of Christ. So we pray for spiritual, relational and numerical growth in playtime and kids' church as they meet now in many ministries that the church has. We also pray for the training tonight for kids' ministry, for the youth leadership retreat next weekend and for the upcoming young adults' camp. As your spirit does his work in us, we thank you for the process of growing to love Christ more and share his heart to minister and serve others so that together we may grow up in him. Thank you for the wonderful gifts you provide us with to share in your ministry. The gift of your spirit as your presence, your scriptures and your church as your body and the gifts you give to each one of us so that together we may reach the fullness in Christ. 
We ask that our love for one another deepens and that we would also grow in the desire and commitment to call people to repent and share your love for those outside your kingdom as their eyes remain blinded by Satan to the gospel of the light of Christ. Please may we grow in desiring and praying for the things that Jesus intercedes for, workers in the harvest field, so that people may believe through the apostles' message passed on to us. We do thank you for the opportunity of the Warren family raising funds and being able to go to France in the near future, and for Simon and Widya as they soon move to Southeast Asia to help the education fund. Now, Father, these purposes are our desire, and yet we acknowledge we fail. So we're grateful that we have one to whom we can confess our sins, who is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and who has given and continually gives your spirit, power and grace to carry on with the mission you have given us, to make disciples in the name of the Father, Son and Spirit. In this task, please help us to grow in our thankfulness, dependence, courage and commitment to you. Amen. Amen. So we've gone through our first three purposes. We're now on to our fourth one in ministry. Now, I play for our local soccer team, Picos United. I've been playing soccer for the last 25 years. Um, you think I'll be a lot better than I am now, but it's going downhill, but that's okay. I love playing football, soccer, and I've played lots of different positions throughout my time. Uh, when I was a bit younger in my youth, I was playing on the wing and in the midfield and in my mature age, uh, playing more in, in the defence. But when I play, like anyone who plays, we don't play by ourselves. we play in a team. Lots of people, lots of different positions. In soccer, there's 11 on the field, but then you've got the bench, you've got the coaching staff. All of us have to contribute to the one goal of trying to score as many goals as we can without the other team scoring. One team, you win together, you lose together, you're teammates. I love this kind of picture when it comes to ministry, of a team that's united together, but all different. Different people, different positions, all united on the same goal. For us at Noah Baptist Church, we're about the mission of God. Uh, we've articulated that as seeing lives transformed through Jesus to the glory of God. So when it comes to our fourth M, our ministry, uh, the overarching purpose of our church, as David was alluding to in, in the third one with maturity, maturity isn't necessarily an end in itself. We want to mature into likeness of Christ, but that propels us to something. As we mature, we're inspired and encouraged um, through the work of the Spirit into ministry and into mission, as we'll talk about in a moment. Just like a soccer player doesn't just stand on the side and cheer or just like a soccer player doesn't study everything and then not actually go and play. No, we get on the field and we play, and that's what ministry is about. Uh, seeking to live a life for Christ uh, in service of need for others. That's ministry. Serving other people, serving others. Now, we can do that in a huge variety of ways. We can do it informally. We can do it uh, formally. When we're talking about ministry in the context of the church here, we're focusing on the ways that we do it together. The ways that you and I, this body of believers, and in the other congregations uh, as well, serve in this space and the ministries uh, that we do together uh, amongst us. Because we are a united, unified body. Every single one of us has something special, something unique to contribute. Uh, now, Paul, he puts this, obviously it's God's word, so he writes it perfectly. 
Uh, and he talks about the way that the Holy Spirit has given us gifts, but they're used in order to be in service to others, in service of the church. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says this from verse 4. There's many different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but this, different kinds of working, but all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Now, so each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. All united, all different. On about serving others for the common good, not exalting ourselves ultimately for the glory of God. And as Paul goes on, he talks about us as a body, the church as a body, and each part needs one another. The foot can't say to the hand, I don't need you, the eye to the ear don't need you. We're all equal, all united in the one cause. Friends at Noah Baptist Church, we are that body. One of the many bodies around the church, around, around the world, but we are one of the bodies, uh, local expressions of the unified church. And we all want to contribute uh, to the work together, where we each function in order to see God do his best work in and through us uh, for the growth of the church, the glory of his name. So friends, we want to equip you, we want to empower you, we want to encourage you uh, as we serve one another. And I know I'm looking out here and I was you know, picturing this moment, looking out as many of you who have served me, you know, you when I came to this church 15 years ago, served me. Some of you have been serving for 40 years. Some of you, this is your first year. I want to encourage you to so good. Some of the greatest joys uh, in life come when we serve uh, one another, whether that's in kids or youth or young adults or in some kind of uh, families thing or uh, reaching out to those who are in need amongst us with meals and CVS, craft, all manner of ways that we serve one another. And if you call, if you call Naui Baptist your home and you're not part of that yet or you want to become part of Naui Baptist uh, and serve in us, we'd love to incorporate you into something that we do here. Uh, there's plenty of needs and there's plenty of opportunities as well, which we haven't had the, the opportunity of uh, exploring yet. Friends, genuinely, some of my greatest joys in life, in life, is when I get to serve with God's people, serving with his purposes. Uh, whether it's in youth and you, you run a good night or a bad night, it doesn't matter. But then one of the youth, you see them grow in their relationship with God or they express it in some genuine fashion. Or in youth and young adults ministry recently and something, it, was, it didn't go that well. But like we were united, we did it together and someone at the end of the night said, I know how much God loves me and I know how much the church is my family. Like that, there's so much beauty in that. Friends, our purpose when we serve, our purpose in ministry is to glorify God 100% as we serve others. And as we do that, we are blessed too as we go about uh, the joy of serving in ministry. That's our fourth purpose. Which brings us to our fifth, to mission. Friends, God is on a mission. God is on a mission. Uh, his mission is about redeeming the world back into his family, about bringing back people uh, to himself. His mission about people coming to know and experience Christ, being forgiven in his family, experiencing being in the kingdom of God. Now, one of the absolute amazing things about our God, there's plenty of them, um, more than we can imagine, but one of the amazing things is on this mission that he is on, he doesn't need us. He doesn't need us on his mission, but he chooses to invite us. He chooses to enable us and equip us for his work in the world, for his mission. I got uh, three young children, uh, two of uh, the two eldest are daughters, and sometimes they love to be part of cooking with us. 
Now, when it comes to cooking, um, they love to be a part of it, but it's more painful than anything else, really. Um, it's harder, it's longer, it's messy, I could do it better and I'm not even that good at cooking. But I want to involve them. I want to see them be part of it. And when they are part of it, they eat dinner way better. But also, like when you lift them up and you help them get something off the top shelf, and you just see the joy in their face and they feel like they're contributing, I don't need them, but they're part of it. And that is a picture of what God does with us. He doesn't need us on his mission, but he chooses to use us in his mission uh, to this world as kind of like his partners in that regard. And if ministry is primarily focused on what we do here, mission is where we focus outwards, where we look beyond 39 to 30, 33 to 39 Bowman's Road. Mission is about where we alert people to the rule and the reign of Christ. And as we alert people to the rule and reign of Christ, we're doing it with our words and we do it with our actions. We are God's image bearers. We are Christ's ambassadors, as Paul would say. So whether we're doing it through actions of justice or ways of loving one another, we do it as Christ would. And we do it prayerfully with the hope that they will come to know Jesus for themselves, that will repent, have faith, be part of his family. And in Jesus, he says in his final words before he sends to heaven in the Gospel of Matthew, what we commonly know as the Great Commission, he says to his disciples, and therefore extension to us, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go, like as you're going, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and I'm surely with you always to the very end of the age. That's our mission. Christ's mission that he's given us uh, and that what we're on about. So a Christian is a disciple. And to be a disciple means you go and make disciples. Disciples go and make uh, disciples. This is our God-ordained, Christ-commissioned, spirit-empowered mission that we're on. And we're on about this thing globally and locally. Globally, because we know every single person, every tribe, every nation, every language is made in the image of God, loved by him equally. And we want to we see them know. We want them to know who Christ is. So we send people. We partner with people. We go to Southeast Asia, Asia, Middle East, uh, Africa, Europe. Right? Ben and Ali, who are here somewhere, I saw them walk in. There they are, at the back. We're prayerfully, financially supporting them to go. Well, we're part of the people that are doing that, and now they're fully supported, ready to go off to France to do his work over there. That's a wonderful thing. We want to celebrate that because at Nawi, we are committed. We're committed in the way we want to encourage with our prayers and with our money, literally our finance. We want to invest in the work of the kingdom across the globe. But they we're also on mission locally. Right? The nations have come to Australia so we support people in the outback, we support people in universities, and then all of us, every single one of us, in some way, shape, or form are missionaries. In some way, we are contributing to the overall mission that God has sent us on, his mission. Whether it be to our neighbors, our friends, in our social circles, to our family, the suburbs that we live in, your next door neighbors, maybe across the table from you, are people who've forgotten Jesus, people who've rejected him, or people who don't know. And then our mission is to graciously, compassionately, boldly and wisely reach them for Christ with our words and with our actions. And all of this, 
This mission and all the purposes that we've been talking about must be centered and fueled on prayer. Because ultimately, all of it is God's work. Every single part of it is God's work. To paraphrase from Paul from 1 Corinthians 3, he says, some plant churches, some help them grow, but in all cases, God brings the growth. God is the one who's bringing the growth. We labor, we toll 100%, but it's his work. And so we pray, we pray that he does his work in and through us with one another. It's his work, it's his power that we need. And if we're not praying, we're kind of saying, well, we're dependent on ourselves. It's our mission. I know we are committed people of God, so we pray that he will do his work in and through us, release his power for his purposes in and through us, bringing people to Jesus in the world. So in 2023 and beyond, until Jesus returns, we want to be about God's mission, all his purposes in the church, sent out by Jesus, empowered by the Spirit on God's mission. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to worship together. Father, as Naui Baptist Church, we honor you, we bless you, we love you, but more than our love for you is your love for us and this world. So, Father, we ask in all these things that we are committing ourselves to that you will do the work in and through us. May we experience the joy. Uh, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. May your church grow uh, to your glory. May we be your ambassadors wherever we go. Uh, and we need your Holy Spirit within us uh, to do this. So we ask this all in the name of our Lord and Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, uh, David. And thanks, Ange, for bringing God's perspective on who we are as a people here at Nawi. The song we're going to uh, sort of finish up with here before our announcements is called All I Am. It's really a song which says, having heard all of this, God, take me. Let's stand together and sing.